Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 77 and back for a repeat appearance who is perfect for this Amazon Bitch Fest episode. Joe Reichfield, come on down. You're the next contestant on the Amazon Bitch Fest. How's it going, Joe? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, so I'm, I'm going to preface this with my own experience here. So if you guys know me or if you've listened to any of this, you know that I've been in the Amazon game for a very, very long time. Uh, at one point at our peak, we had close to 900 SKUs. Let's just say I've uploaded uh, a few uh, flat files in my day. I've uh, dealt with lots of listings, things like that. Um, Amazon uh, took the liberty to uh, send out their AI uh, listing bots. You know, in September, October, they always do this and uh, suppressed one of our top selling items, which we normally, you know, net, uh, you know, anywhere from high two figures to three figures. Um, it's been down for over two weeks. I've gone back and forth with seller performance uh, and opened probably like 30 tickets. And, you know, normally people hire me to help them with these problems. And the fact that I can't even get through this firewall right now is just showing you um, the level of frustration that I think uh, probably a lot of you guys are going through. I know that I'm, I'm, you know, at, at my tipping point here in terms of frustration with Amazon. Uh, we have the perfect person here, Joe. Joe just uh, testified to Congress um, in terms of, you know, Amazon and their treatment of sellers and, you know, some of the perceived unfair practices going on there. And you know what? It doesn't make me happy to bash Amazon. There's so many great people working at Amazon. There's a lot of great things that do come out of Amazon. There's a lot of people that have made a lot of money off of Amazon. Um, so on one side, I, I'm absolutely grateful for that. But on the other side, it's really starting to look more and more every day like a bait and switch, right? Build our marketplace for us. Um, and then we're going to crank up all the fees. We're going to absolutely make now it. Now starting to look that way to you? Well, I'm just saying more and more every single day. I mean, the, 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 the screws are being tightened every single day. And, you know, it, you know more of the, the uh, Amazon branded, uh, you know, own brands being pushed. You know, if that's not antitrust, I don't know what is, but I'm no expert there, Joe. Me neither. Me neither. But they, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the courts allow them to hold themselves above the, the law. That's the, the bullshit part about this whole congressional investigation. All they had to do was look at their own records that they have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the here's the thing is I get it, right? I mean, if your listing has words in it, which one of the words in mine, you know, granted this listing has been up for, I think, over five years. Um, so the fact that it got flagged after five years, okay, I get that. You know, there was there was a few keywords in there. Like I think I had best in there, you know, buried somewhere in the listing. You're grandfathered for that. I have that in listings that, that aren't right. true. Right, right. So, yeah. so it's, I mean, it, talk about a common word, but anyway, so it gets flagged for that. That's one of the things. There's a few other things, but since they never give you specifics and you have to like bring out your magic wand and read their minds on what's wrong with the listing. Confess to everything you didn't confess. Do. Like, like, like my wife Molly said, it's, it's almost like, like uh, they're scolding a child. I mean, really that's how it feels like when Amazon gets you on something, right? It's like, well, what did you do wrong, Tommy? Well, I don't know. 
well, what do you think you did wrong, Tommy? In a louder voice. You know, it's like, it, it, that's the, the, those are the templates that get sent over and over again. And you throw your arms up. You go, well, I have no friggin' clue. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you help me out here? I thought we were supposed to be partners. Amazon's over the cuckoo's nest. Well, Amazon sells the third party seller thing as, you know, we're partners. We're partners. Well, it, no, we're it's not. not looking like a partnership at all. No, it's we're looking not like, yeah. even in, and one of the things in the congressional report was, you know, on the, to the public, Amazon says the sellers are partners, but within Amazon, we are, they're, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, they're comp- they seem as competition. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're there, you know, we get to, to, to absolutely follow their rules uh, exactly the way it has to be done. If there's, you know, something that, I mean, the, the biggest issue, honestly, is they can't keep up with what, you know, what they have going on. They, you know, that with COVID, the, all this stuff surged, uh, you know, they can't keep it's, up. It's They're more, using, well, I mean, I'm just saying that, that that's what, that's what's tipped it over though. I think to the point where, I mean, literally, you know, seller support now, if you have anything more complicated than a simple question, they can't, they, they don't know what to do with it. I mean, they, they, they're just spooling up people so quickly that they absolutely don't know what to do with it. So now we're stuck here, you the, know, the big, trying to, trying to read their minds. The systemic issue that's always been a problem with Amazon is that seller support is not part of Amazon. You know, it's this third party group that they hire. They don't even know anything about Amazon. These people learn about Amazon from you on the phone. They don't learn about Amazon from Amazon. They learn about Amazon from the people on the other end of the phone as they mess up and give wrong information and then find out the correct information to give. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's pathetic because you know, as well as I do, if you call five times in a row, you're going to get three different different answers, completely different answers. And they're all going to swear that they know (laughs) and the other people are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond maddening. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, this is the first time in years where, you know, I'm a pretty, pretty laid back guy, but I've wanted to break things in the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks here because I'm just spending literally days on the phone, writing tickets, updating the list. I mean, it's just, it's like, you know, like I told, like I told my, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I just get on the phone and and just keep asking to be transferred to a supervisor. Well, so they don't they don't even do that anymore. So so Joe, that's the that's the even sad part. So the captive team is gone. You can't ask for the captive team anymore. They are they are gone. They don't exist speak anymore. Spanish? Uh, what's that? Do you speak Spanish? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> Call back and ask for a Spanish operator. They'll send you to Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yeah, those, Costa Rica branch. They're pretty they solid. They are solid. And well, so I used to go to college in, or I went to college in North Dakota and they have, you know, that's where the catalog team is. So I used to be able to talk my way into the catalog team being like, Hey, I probably went to school with a lot of you guys, like, you know, yeah, right. but, but you can't even, you can't get it. They won't transfer you anymore. They just they, will not do not it. Bribing them. Yeah, no, they're, they, they're, they heard that they can get bribes. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a whole nother story. Right. I mean, I've, I've been, I've been reached out, uh, you know, via LinkedIn with people saying, Hey, uh, you know, I got anything you want. What brands, you know, here's the data. Uh, you know, luckily I, I was, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they do. And, and, you know, so on one, on one side, I am actually, I'm appreciative in the fact of, you know, a, a level playing field, right? 
if that's what Amazon's goal was, is a level playing field, I, I like that. I get that. I You've think that's great. But it's not, though, because of the way that they cherry pick what they're going to currently enforce yeah. and who and, and you know who they're going to pick and, as the winner of the losers. A, it's never been a level playing field anyway since yeah. day one. I mean, I, they kicked me off my own listing in 2008 after I got just got my Q4 delivery. They kicked me off my listing because they went to my manufacturer and had the same part made. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, and this is, I swear it, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's no, the that's... same thing every few years. So tell us what happened with that, Joe. That sounds crazy. So you they had were... a product that was a, a really good seller, it sounds I like. Keyboard, I had a, a keyboard that sold really well. They went to my manufacturer. The only difference between theirs and mine was the sticker on it with the name. They kicked me off my listing. Uh, right about now, actually, actually just before Q4, I just got my Q4 delivery in. And so the, was this like they named theirs Amazon basics or uh, what? no, no, they, they didn't have, they didn't have those names yet. I don't remember what name they used, but it wasn't, they didn't have Amazon basics yet. They were still kind of <laughs> shadow this, team the LLC. <laughs> they did, they did it to a lot of, they did it to, that year. They did it to a lot of sellers. They banned a lot of sellers going into Q4. And we all took our crap and went to uh, buy.com and made buy.com the second largest uh, e-commerce site in the U.S. in like six months. Until so they changed what the happened, to Rakuten. <laughs> so what happened, um, Joe, with like, how did they notify you that you were being kicked off your own listing? Like, how did that all come access. about? I was not on the listing anymore. I was, oh, I was so off. they just removed you. They removed me and I couldn't get on it anymore. And you couldn't get on the listing that you created anymore. So right. what stopped you from just creating a new listing? Like what, what, how My did that stuff was in FBA. So this, they marked it stranded then? Uh, I had to get it all back. FBA was about a, two years old then. Yeah. FBA was about two years old and it just came out of, out of, it was about a year out of beta. There weren't that many, there weren't a ton of sellers in it yet still. Um, yeah, it sucked. It was totally that in, sucked. you said it was in 2008? Eight. Yep. Okay, yeah, because I started in 2007 and I don't remember there being an FBA at that time. I think they had just like started it and there was just like yeah, a couple of like, people on it. Yeah, I was, I was in the original group and it was sometime in 2006. And it was great. So it looks, it sounds like what happened, because you said this happened to some other people too. It sounds like what happened early on when they started FBA, they would find these products that were doing well and they would just copy them. It's, they've always done that. They've well, always, yeah, but what always... did Jeff, what did Jeff Bezos say in the, uh, you know, that his, his thing was no, you know, we don't. Oh, the testimony. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a must, and must watch flat out and congress flat out came out and and said that they feel he was lying to them and he was then he was so what do you think that sellers can do is there anything they can do nowadays yeah um so what what do you think that they can do to prevent this from happening to them <laughs> uh build their build their business off of amazon and take amazon's leverage away Amazon, Amazon doesn't mess with you as much when they know you have something else to go to. 
right? When you and have when, a brand presence and, and more brand assets mm -hmm. off of Amazon and you yeah, can go. Yeah, you have your pictures on other listings on other sites and somebody steals your pictures on Amazon and you go to Amazon and you say something to them, they know that if they don't do anything about it, you're just going to file DM, a DMCA. You know, they know you're not going to screw around with them. I don't, I don't file, I, I wouldn't file an IP claim on Amazon, uh, on Amazon, screw that. I'll go file with Google and, and drop a notice on them. They can't, they can't say no. This selective enforcement stuff's for the fucking birds. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's wrong. You know? So what is a DMCA? What do you mean by that? A digital millennial copyright act. act. Yep. Um, okay. It, it, it's an IP infringement, copyright. When you, the minute you put up an image or you put up text, whether you go and have it copyrighted with the government or not, um, it's copyrighted. There's a record of it. You know, according to Amazon, there's no record of it unless you took a screenshot, you know, or, or, or something But like if that. that image came from my website where I originally uploaded it, belonged to my brand, I can prove that. Right. So as an Amazon seller, even if you have no presence off of Amazon, post your damn pictures on Facebook so they're dated. There's a paper trail. You know, mm. do something. Get that stuff up there so there's a, date, a paper trail. When the paper trail leads to Amazon, they bear no responsibility of anything. And, you know, there's, you, you have to prove it. Well, how do you prove it? They're the ones with the archives, not you. Right. You know? And their policy specifically says, like, if you upload an image to our site, we own the image. Right. So if you, you can prove that you own the image before you uploaded it to their site, then you have that. So when you file a DMCA, who do you file with? And what does that look like? Because yes. I think most of us are only familiar with like, you know. It takes 10 or 15 minutes. You file it with Google, actually. Um, and, and it's through Google. And they have a website called Lumens, which is the, a whole database of everyone that's ever been filed. Um, when you file it, it gets, it goes to Google. They present it to the other party. The other party has 10 days to respond. Um, Google takes it down immediately. And then the other party has 10 days to respond. If they uh, fight it, well, then you have 10 days to prove that you filed a lawsuit or else you lose. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword. I, mean, I, I, I got burned on that um, by a Belgian scientist over a website that that I'd made a, a, a Nobel Prize winner of all people even. Um, and he stole a website that I made for him. It was $10,000, never paid me. I mean, he purposely screwed several people in the US and didn't pay. I filed a, a DMCA, I won, um, uh, but there was nothing I could do because I have to be a Belgian citizen to sue him in Belgium. Belgium mm. could care less. They were actually his his financier, the Belgian government, and they could care less. The French uh, hosting company could care less. He got his comes around goes around, you know. But ten grand is a lot of money. I was yep. pissed. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. Really, really pissed. Joe, so if it, so, if Amazon basically did that to you and you already had your brand built off of Amazon, you would file a DMCA against Amazon. Yep. And they have no choice but to respond. It's the law. Okay. The and then the you law, might the not the be dealing with written. the seller. 
the way the law is written is a hosting company, Amazon, any of those companies, they, um, if they don't respond and they don't, you know, follow the law, uh, they can have their privileges taken away. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that would be a significant privilege to have removed, especially from you know, the some, Google side of things. Yeah, and there are some countries that, um, well, when my thing went through, there were still a bunch of companies that, that weren't following through on it. countries. Um, now there's not as many, um, you know, but like China, China IP, honors IP and all that other stuff, but they have these little loopholes sewn into it that, you know, if you don't have them closed, you're screwed. It's like the, it's like an NDA in China, you know, it's worthless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not so much that it's us against them. It's partially that an NDA does not, um, it does not keep, it, even here, an NDA does not keep me from making my own copy of your product and competing against you. It just yeah. keeps me from disclosing your information to the public. And that's what the Chinese do. They, yeah. they're not telling anybody your secrets. They're just making your product for everybody else. Yep, um, you know, amongst the jurisdiction and all that other crap too, still. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's frustrating. The thing is what I've, what I'm realizing more and more through my entrepreneurial career, which Joe, I don't know if you knew this, but I started, uh, I think my, my first endeavor was, you know, was, you know, paper out and all that. But like my first real endeavor was when I was like 19 years old, right? Which I uh, spun up an affiliate program and I had ICQ bots and, you know, I would, I would, uh, it was back before, you know, all this messenger talk and all that, but I was getting referrals and, uh, you know, it's taken me this long to realize that whenever you deal with a third party as part of a core part of your business, right? Which, you know, which is Amazon, Google, Facebook, all these major tech companies, they can flip the switch at any time. And they've yep. done it. Every one of those companies has now done it to me. Even um, the hosting companies. Yeah. I mean, they, they can just flip a switch and turn you off. So, I mean, when you're building your business, you, you know, you really, really have to take that into account and try to get into businesses where you're not so, I mean, you're always going to be relying on Google, right? I mean, Google, that's where people go to search. Facebook, it's pretty hard to get away from Facebook in terms of, you know, if people want support, they go to Facebook to message you. Um, if you, you know, if somebody's going to buy a product, they go to Amazon. So, I mean, to get away from those three companies these days is, is only 10% of the world goes to Amazon. No, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. In, in, but I'm just saying though, Joe, in terms of, in terms, I mean, it's not Amazon. If it's not Amazon, it's Walmart, it's, mm -hmm. it's Target. You know, I'm just saying yeah. you're going to be at, beholden to one of these major companies. So all I'm saying is, is choose wisely and just realize that, you know, that build that into your business plan, you know, That's why you have to diversify. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even yeah. if you're on, even if you're spread across multiple marketplaces, they're all, they're not all going to screw you at the same moment. You know, you have to be able to, I mean, I ask people this all the time. If you get suspended tomorrow, how are you going to pivot to be selling within 24 hours and communicate that to your followers. If if you have if you have no idea, well then you don't have a business. If that's I have an idea. Happens, you don't have when, a when I'm out of stock on Amazon, people buy on my website. Right, <laughs> so I don't right. I mean, can't, I mean if they shut me down, that sucks, but I also sell on Walmart, I also sell right. on Wayfair, I sell on my website, right. you know. And that's the whole thing. You know, the, the one thing that nobody talks about in any of these mm. you know seminars, courses, all this stupid 
bullshit for sale out there. Nobody <laughs> says, have a backup plan. What is your backup plan? You know, sitting down and, and, and going through fail scenarios is part of a business plan. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I just said to my group, you know, a few weeks ago, write down a list of the worst things that can happen to you during Q4 and, and think about how you're going to react to it. This is, I mean, come on. Uh, if, if it's going to happen in any year, this is it. It, right? it for sure is <laughs> just, just <laughs> a, ask one of the, one of the people on this zoom call right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, I I've got it. I've got uh, a total of, I think 15,000 units of the product that's per currently suppressed, you know, gonna, gonna hit, you know, gonna hit the, the fulfillment centers here soon. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it's insanity. Oh, yeah. um, to, to be beholden both. to, to, to that. Yeah. To the, to yeah. their whim. And the uh, inventory levels too. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, then, not only that, like when they stopped delivering stuff on time during COVID, they were literally holding your inventory hostage because yep. you couldn't remove it and sell it somewhere else. No, you, you could, stuck. sorry. You were stuck. Yeah. You were stuck. At that moment, now, you were stuck. The only thing that you could do, those of us who've been doing it long enough and knew how to do multi-channel fulfillment, yeah. Yeah. we could multi-channel fulfill. And that's exactly what we did. But so many people, I mean, they had no oh, idea what to do. They, Nobody knew what to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I remember when you first started it, you spent several days telling her over and over, telling other people how to do it, you know, and it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating, but that's, that's part of, you know, starting on Amazon. You've got this long list of stuff that you need to get done to do private label in this tiny little time period, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's too overwhelming. It's too much to ask for a lot of people to learn private label from start to finish, to learn sourcing from start to finish, mm. learn optimization from start to finish, and to learn how to manage themselves. That, right. That's the hardest part for most people, even us today, you know? I mean, I've been doing this for ever, um, and, and I still have, you know, I have my moments every day. You know, it's just part of, part of life, you know? it's yeah it's crazy i couldn't imagine just starting with with no business experience and jumping into private label yeah i in, mean what is, in another country you know <laughs> all that stuff that's yeah. nuts yeah another i think another big thing that people aren't you know everybody when they when the fba thing went down with the limits and everything everyone's like you know oh, okay i gotta go to to a, a 3pl right what people aren't realizing is that, and I and I'm 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 predicting this, but I, it may not be true. I think they're going to get overwhelmed. I think they, they already are. They, yeah. They're taking on they're going to be taking on too many too much business because when you're a business person, people come to you and they go, "Hey, I got business for you." You say, "Hey, cool, bring it here." Right? right. There's never yeah. there's never a, a a thought about okay, well, if we bring as many people in as we can, our service is going to suck, and then people will never use us again. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. That's right. so so. You know, people, uh, I keep telling people like you need, you need to actually go and watch some YouTube videos on how to ship stuff yourself and <laughs> yeah, hire right. somebody. There's right. going to be somebody down the road who's, you know, not working because of COVID who, you know, you can pay 15 bucks an hour that will come and ship for you. I mean that you guys really, really, if you're listening to this right now, I implore you to really, you know, start right now getting, you know, things like, um, things like, uh, um, 
uh, you know, uh, label, label printers, ship station, you know, all these things that uh, I've been, I started as merchant fulfilled, you know, know, doing merchant fulfilled and we would ship 600 orders a day when we first started out. So started with my own website at nine o'clock at night on the last day to ship before Christmas, I was at the terminal at the airport with my pickup truck filled with boxes with my two kids who were four and six and my girlfriend's daughter who was like three and a half and i showed up as fedex was closing <laughs> with my pickup truck full of boxes and i was yeah. just like i'm yeah. screwed this is never going to work out these women came out they took all three kids the next thing i see the kids are in the cockpit of this airplane waving <laughs> me out the window and i mean it was they it was really really cool i've actually had a have a great relationship with FedEx since that day. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just nuts though. But yeah, I mean, I know people that tell me I got to go to the post office. I've stood in the post office every fucking day during Q4 before. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I, yeah, we, we had, we had our, uh, we, we had our, our mail mail guy during this time who, hated us because we would he would come to our house and and fill his truck they had to like change the truck to like the bigger truck on our mail route just because of (laughs) us uh he was a crown royal fan so i took care of him uh, with some crown royal and a nice little bonus check uh, that's what we do with our UPS drivers. We have yeah, UPS come guys, to the house every uh, day and pick stuff up. You gotta take care of those guys. Those yeah. guys and girls bust their balls. All I mean, especially during Q4. I mean, some of those guys are still working till eleven, you know, midnight. Right. I mean, they're working hard. Yeah, when you're trying those. to close at five and they're showing up at seven. Yeah, but take if we care look at down. if we look at any of the major brands that have grown over time in America, you, a lot of them started making their own stuff. A lot of them started in their garage. A lot of them started oh, with yeah. their own factory, their own manufacturing facility. And that's the thing, like people always say, well, I can't import wood from China because it's just so, so expensive. It's like, it's expensive because it's readily available in the I US. Imported, I imported wood from South America, had it shipped by ship to the Philippines where it was made into a furniture and then shipped here on a boat. and all that and it came here it showed up as a dining room table i couldn't buy wood for the cost just wood i couldn't buy the wood here to be that it cost me for the cost you can, all that yeah. importing wow ridiculous but what i explained like for people looking for wood manufacturers in the u.s i said there's tons of wood manufacturers in the u.s that make cabinets and, and surfboards and everything else or skateboards but <laughs> i don't think surfboards are usually made of wood but anyway um and i explained like most of them are manufacturing their own goods they're not taking on new things to manufacture for other people you know so it's just but you look at the history in America of most brands, and I'm sure you'd find this in other countries as well, um, that they started in their own garage. They started in their own facility, you know, and they grew from there. And so that's, I, I have shipping, we just went, did launch in our mastermind group. And when I talked about shipping training, of course I showed them A to Z how to ship on Amazon, but right in there, I was like, you need an account with the big three. You should have an account with UPS. You should have an account with FedEx. You should know how that stuff works. I do works. not have an account with them. But a lot of people don't, Joe. It's like... I don't know how that works. <laughs> but 
But it's, it's, it's available to you as a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize you can get cheaper rates from UPS than you can even buy from Amazon if you just open up your own business account with them. Yeah, I had, so that, I guess it was 2001, 2000, when I, I did that airport thing, the guy that was running that branch is now a VP of FedEx. And we're good friends. I mean, I've gotten him some really big accounts here um, with clients and stuff. And yeah, I mean, he's told me some pretty wild stories, really wild stories. Four years ago, uh, he told me that Amazon was more than 50% of FedEx's business, UPS's business, and the post office. And their big concern was that if Amazon cut off any one of them on a Friday, by Monday, there would be mass layoffs across the country. Their, their fleet would be grounded, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. FedEx freaked out over that. So they made a, a serious effort to remove Amazon from their flow. And they did, you know, they yeah. stopped working with Amazon and they, they can't, and they started their own fulfillment. They did a lot of different things. It was really interesting to watch. It was really, really interesting to watch. And just, I mean, I don't know. I, I remember FedEx when I was a kid, there was Emory. Emory was one of the delivery companies and they had this little kid in their commercial. And he, he'd talk about, you know, how they're the best company and they were cheaper than FedEx. And FedEx came out with uh, one absolutely positively has to be there overnight. They put Emory out of business as the more expensive shipper with just that USP, which is nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, going back to it, I mean, I keep telling people, you know, not only the, the label printer, but, you know, getting the packaging, getting, you know, getting the flow, like just, you know, learning how to do that because, you know, if you're three box. Yeah. Well, and, and have some backup stock, right? We have that every Q4 and I don't, I know very little sellers that do, right? We have- What's the say? What's safety stock? I mean, that was, you know, COVID bit so many people in the ass. Yeah. We, we boomed. Safety stock. Yeah. We boomed because we had a container full of stuff in our backyard. Yeah. Who doesn't have <laughs> safety stock? That, yeah. that seems like a sin. Yep. yep. I just, that, I, that, that to me just makes no sense. You know, but I, I mean, I don't know. I'm old school. I learned the right way to do things as opposed to the Amazon way or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, Joe, yes. you don't have, you don't have a Lambo. So I'm sorry. You have no zero credibility. Cause I didn't have space in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We're oh. yeah. We, we're, we're moving away from the Lambos. We, we, our family's more into, uh, into, uh, uh, investment properties and things like that. Now we want cash. Flow. So we in cash Idaho, flow. one of my favorite, three PLs is in Idaho. It's called Verde Fulfillment. Uh-huh. And they actually stopped taking new clients um, probably two months ago. That's smart. They stopped taking any new clients until January, but they're a really good three PL and they're green. Um, they're, that's, they're, that's a great company. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Nampa, which is the, the little uh, suburb right next to us, uh, they just spun up a new fulfillment center. So it's opening in the next like, 30 days, I think, or, you know, it's, it's opening up here pretty quick. So yeah, Amazon, um, Amazon's opening eight of them here, here. They yeah. announced in first week of September, first week of August to have eight fulfillment centers open here by, by Christmas. Yeah. Nuts. Crazy. So yeah. Agnes, Agnes is here and she wants to know, is there any way to find a supplier in the U S for private label? 
So Thomas Nett um, is one. They're not that um, great. <laughs> Maker's Row. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, if she lives in the U.S., call the Manufacturing Association in the state that she lives in um, and talk to them. They'll, they should know who can make stuff or who's looking to make stuff um, and deal with the type of product that she wants. There's also uh, MFG.com is really good. That's a, a good new database of American manufacturers as well. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundTable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.